Hello, welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Hello. Hi. How are you going? Good. My cheeks hurt already from laughing. Good. Well, then that's perfect. We obviously had a powwow before we jumped on the podcast, in case anyone's wondering how that's humanly possible. (laughs) So smiley. That's me. Stoked to see me, aren't we all? How's your week? What are you rubbing off your face? Little crumbs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The week has been okay. I'm feeling okay. I feel like this week for Melbournians has been a very, very hard week. And I'm sure probably, you know, everywhere else. But um, I feel for everyone. But I, I definitely had my low... Last week. Last week. Like, I could feel it coming, you know. I had yeah. the bad juju. And this week, I think everyone else felt it. I know Brenton felt it this week. Um, We've officially mm. postponed our wedding, which you'd think would be sad, but I feel like I was literally sadder that one day. I, I think it's such a up. relief, like, yeah. knowing that it's still at a good time, like, at exactly the way that you wanted it to be, just, like, in a safe zone. Well, who we knows hope. safe these days, truly. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that when I had my meltdown, it was because in my head I had done the maths and knew basically that we couldn't have a normal wedding. But it was still such an awkward timing that it was like, but we could still, so mm. we just need to stress about it for six more weeks. Whereas now 100%. Like, I can check the news and see 50 and be like, fuck. And not so glad I postponed. <laughs> first, But the first thought isn't, like, about me. It's just like, fuck. Whereas previously it was like, Oh my god! I wonder how. Like, yeah, I'm just also. So happy about that. I don't mean to be like selfish in your favor or anything like that, but by getting in first, you probably secured a lot of your vendors, like for the brides over the course of the next potentially, unfortunately, six weeks that might have to reschedule. I think right. like maybe you did yourself a favor getting in a bit early. For sure, I was definitely thinking. Well, given that we were the start of October, uh, we were a bit early for the wedding season. I think some people in November, look, they might be fine. They truly, I've still got hope for November brides, but um, October I'm not quite so hopeful about. Anyway, enough about that. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing about it, but I'm sick of thinking about it too. We've got all of our vendors. It's going to be the same thing, but it's going to be summer. And so maybe I'll have less frips and it's going to be a positive. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be thinking about your nipples on the day. I can't wait to, I can't wait. I know I've said this before, but I can't wait to be the freak who's storying on All Bases Podcasts uh, stories during your wedding, being like, it's me at the wedding and that's Lisa. Look how beautiful she looks. I can't wait. I think that's fun. Fuck that sound. I'm so sorry that you all had to hear me screech like that. We'll wait till January and you'll hear it again. (laughs) Literally, that's your preparation if you can't handle that. Unfollow us for that day. Also, the one pro is that, well, there's like, there's actually many pros, but you know, also many cons. I wanted ice cream as our dessert, and I feel like it really makes proper sense in January. So true. Like, Good point. October, but like, <laughs> bring it on. Whilst we're talking about your wedding, I wanted to give everyone a dress update from last week because I know there was roughly twenty people who were interested in this. Really? Based on how many people clicked on the link to oh, view my it. dress, I don't even know how we look at those stats. I'm so impressed by the things you do sometimes. <laughs> So uh, update, my boobs fit in the dress perfectly. The dress fit like a glove. 
I bought a size medium. I went a size up because it said it was a figure-hugging silk dress and I was like, oh, nobody wants no that. One that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'd rather have a little bit of room and it does. It's perfect and my boobs fit great and I'm actually not even worried about needing a bra. I think I might do the little undercup chicken fillet things that give you just a little bit of volume. Yep. yep. And, and other than that, we're sweet. We're good to go. No frips allowed because it's January. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about boobies this week and that's like... Oh, yeah, we've got you started. We've warmed you right up. Yeah, literally warming up the booby part of your brain. Uh, how was your week? My week was exactly the way that you described Brenton's week and probably everyone else in Melbourne. I feel like I had a real depresso kind of week. I've slept in every day, like until the last waking moment, I mean sleeping moment before I have to go to work. And, yeah. I don't know. It's really hit me hard this week. So that's great. I'm loving my life. Yeah, poor thing. On the plus side, though, started the renovation for everyone who didn't see. On the weekend, we started demolishing our bathroom. Uh, No, laundry. Then the weekend that's just gone, you will have seen that we started demolishing our bathroom. And tiles are in. Everything's here. We're good to go. We're going to start building. So renovation content coming in hot. I'm I'm really excited. It's sort of in the weird, boring stage at the moment. Like, it's exciting, but I really want to see, like, have you taken plenty before and after photos? Yeah, we really fucked up. We didn't take a before photo of the laundry. <sighs> I know. Isn't that I, the worst? I hate myself for doing that. Adrian literally pulled up, like, a whole sheet of tiles, and then I was like, and eh, now it's too late. Uh, and one minor debacle, which is that we didn't order enough floor tiles. Well, we did order enough floor tiles, but by the time you cut them and if one tile fucks up, then we don't have enough. So I need to order some more tiles, which is a real pain in the ass. But otherwise, we're good. Do you have to pay more shipping? 100%. These things don't come free. I cry. It's like every now and then it's just an extra couple of hundred dollars. And I'm like, all of a sudden, it's an extra couple of thousand. But I did say to my friend, I feel like renovation, renovationing, renovations, is probably the most adult thing that I've ever done in my life. I've built a house and it felt like I had no control and no say. This feels much more superior, truly. I feel like I need to know about numbers. I need to know about maths. Anyway, it's a whole thing and you need to know budgeting and you need to order everything far enough out in advance and you need to know all these things. Like people were talking to me about friggin' tile reveals the other day and I was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've excelled in life in project managing construction at this point but we'll see I might fuck it all up but if I don't we're going on the block yes (laughs) yes we need to talk about your run club before we get into beauty news yeah if you haven't seen Lisa's Instagram stories during the week on Lisa's wedding day or what was Lisa's wedding day on the 1st of October we're doing a run for the pod yeah run for the pods and it's a 10k or a half marathon And you can choose to walk or run it because someone like me, Alex, I will not be running 10 kilometers. And you know what? I just want to say a quick get fucked to everyone who's said to me, what do you mean you can't run 10 kilometers? I can't. Okay. And I know that there are plenty of other people out here. And I want to say that Chris, 5 p.m. Bevs said to me, that sounds like it's just a mindset issue. <laughs> That's, that is such a him thing to say. Yeah. And I was like, that is such a Lisa thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, about this, guys, there is people that are not runners that are messaging me and being like, just ran 
three kilometers in 25 minutes. Definitely not going to be able to do 10. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm going like, dude, you've never spoken to me about running in your life. Now look at you going for a run. Like that's the whole thing. Like how exciting. I don't care if you run the whole 10 kilometers. But I'll do a I'll do a walk run walk run walk run walk run walk situation. That's the thing, and I also have faith that like walking ten kilometers is really boring. So I think that some of you might end up running more than you think <laughs> to get it over and done with. That's a good point. Because I know that helps me. Like if I go for a long run, it's like I could walk, but like then it's so long. Adrian started training for it this week, so I I- doing it. He wasn't going to. And then during the week, he was like, I think I might go for a run. And I was like, sure, mate. When's the last time you ran? 10 years ago? Great. Off you go. Anyway, he comes back. He goes, how far do you think I ran? And I was like, "Mm, you weren't gone that long. So like three, maybe. And he's like, look at my phone. And he shows me his phone. and He's run six. Really annoying. I was like, are you actually kidding me? When is the last time you ran? He's like, well, I ran down to the shops. And then I thought, oh, there's the running track just there. I'll just do a lap around the running track and then I'll run back such an entitled thing to say that is literally so annoying well if it makes anyone feel any better my first run was 15k run which was the longest I've run in a very long time and I felt awesome doing it like I definitely my knees felt like they were dislocating from about 10 (laughs) kilometers it was fine I have this weird thing where like my hip and my knee don't really track well so sometimes the knee just floats over to the right like too far anyway that happened and I felt really good like the thing is, once you pass like seven, you you're not puffed anymore. Or at least I'm not. Like you're not. Yeah, puffed. you're not. I'm at that point deceased, being hit by a truck because I can't cross the road. Mine's just like it's all mental from there, which I find so fun. Anyway, um, I couldn't walk at all, uh, for the rest of the day, and I couldn't go upstairs. I had to scooch up on my bum, and then I was really <laughs> sore yesterday. My knee was still like floating in outer space. Now my knee is sort of in a normal spot, but my calves are so tight that I'm sort of walking like with straight legs. But I reckon by tomorrow I'll be back on the bandwagon. But I think that that might be my only long run. And then I think I know I can do 15. So on the day, the adrenaline will get me to 21. (laughs) I don't think that's a good plan. I think that's how it works. Adrian today is like, it's your rib cage hurt after a run. I'm really sore. And I was like, no, it's because you never breathe. (laughs) (laughs) interesting anyway for all the non-runners that are getting into this fabulous for all the runners getting into it still excited for you guys but the non-runners that are just like doing it for the sake of having something to do and be a part of yeah wholesome wholesome and and if you are terrified of running that's totally fine walk come and walk walk. with us we tried to set it up as a striver challenge and i've lost them and i don't know if it's just Mm. it's a challenge between you and me (laughs) no and i invited like four other people well they haven't invited they haven't joined and i can't invite other people i think it's a private challenge i don't think you made it a public challenge yeah i don't know how to do it okay okay i'll try also i wanted to say this is my kick up the bum for everyone who participates (gasps) in the challenge oh my god we forgot about the first part yeah for everyone who participates in the run challenge or the walk challenge, who screenshots it on the weekend of Lisa's wedding, tags us, tells us that they're participating in the challenge, we will foot the bill and personally send you branded stickers of all bases covered. And I know that's probably only exciting for us, but we've been wanting to get stickers done, like nice die cut stickers for a really long time. And I'm going to force myself to do it now because now I have a deadline. I'm so excited for the stickers. And also, 
if you have donated to the podcast before, this is your get out of jail free card. We'll send you a packet of stickers anyway, even if you don't run on that weekend. Because thanks for giving us the money to put towards the stickers is our way of saying thanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's the tea on that. Uh, First up in beauty news this week, Vive, again, dropping the hits like it's Craig David in 1998. I don't know when he dropped hits. (laughs) She is launching a new product called Skin Nova, which is a hydrating primer and instant radiance skin booster. It's a makeup skincare hybrid that's designed for every skin type and it's a universal formula for priming. And moisturizing. Anyway, that's all we know about it so far. But all orders on the Vive website over £49 are getting a free deluxe sample of it this week. Interesting. I found out about that. Not the proper name, but I saw it in use in the Katie Jane Hughes, Jamie Genevieve video, which if you haven't watched, you should. It's exactly the kind of content I love to see. Just like makeup artists and beauty people getting ready together talking shit but talking product oh it's the best did katie use it yeah they both used it before their makeup and were like we can't talk about what this is and i thought can't be a vive product because she's always already got a liquid highlighter which you can so easily mix in so many ways so this is the only thing that i'm thinking it's a bit like huh. it looks from the swatch on her instagram account it looks just like auric it's got a tint to it but it looks like a liquid you know yeah, which is, I mean, I think it's just interesting to bring out two liquidy highlight products. Because yeah. I know it is different to her liquid illuminator, but you could mix your liquid illuminator with a glowy serum or oil and basically create the product that she's bought out. But 100%. I, I am excited. I won't probably buy this one because I already love the Auric. I already love the Charlotte Tilbury Hollywood Flawless Glow for a Model Face, etc. Yep. And I also love the Glossier Future Dew. All of those do the same thing. I'm not buying a fourth. Yeah, no, that's completely fair enough. I also didn't buy the Vive highlighter, even though I bought the Vive bronzer from Cult Beauty last week. I was like hovering over it, like, do I add this to my cart? And I was like, to be honest, I don't enjoy highlighter that much that I think that it's worth the purchase. Mm. Next up in beauty news, did you know that Pinterest Last month, we totally slept on this. I don't know how we missed it. Launched a feature where you can search based on skin tone. So you type in your search for what you're looking for on Pinterest. Say it's a cat eye trend or a wedding trend or whatever you want. And you can actually search it and filter it based on the skin tone of the person in the images. That's so good. I know. And now this week or next week, sorry, actually, This week, when the podcast launches, they're releasing a tool for filtering based on your hair type. Mm. So the hair pattern search, which they're bringing out, is a beauty feature which allows you to search based on coily, curly, wavy, straight, shaved, and protective. I'm not sure what protective is. Oh, I guess like... Protective is like braids and the stuff styles that you would do on like Afro hair to keep it like not damaged and whatnot. Right. Perfect. So you search for your hairstyle as you would always like braids or, I don't know, an updo, and you can then filter it based on your hair type. Isn't this great? They should do, and I'm sure maybe they already do, or I guess it's easier to search for, hair colour. Because even when I was finding, looking for white girl with brown hair talks about like not being represented, but when I was looking for bridal hairstyles, it's so 
frequently shown on lighter hair because you can see all of the texture and it photographs so much better or even just like brown hair with a lot of highlights and so for me with like gray brown virgin straight nothing hair it was kind of hard to find photos of hair that looked like mine so I could take it to the hairdresser so that it was like representative so that is so perfect because you do want to take photos of people that are somewhat in your ballpark as inspo. 100% and I think that maybe part of the reason for it is that you can only add like so many search terms before your search just becomes irrelevant so it's like you can search brown hair updo but if you type like brown curly hair updo you're probably going to get curly hair updos or brown updos like you're Mm -hmm. probably not going to get the whole combination so I think the filtering is like their way of making it more specific yeah you need to use like boolean operators like pluses curly hair and brown hair or coily and yeah god do you remember having to search like that in uni it's just like exhausting I still search like that just because I find it annoying filtering through things I remember my like year four IT teacher in library yes telling us how to do that and I was like this is dumb why would we ever need to do this favorite thing do you know what's never left me and I'm still always grateful for define define colon something in oh how do I live without that how do I actually go years of my life not like searching what is the definition of something (laughs) I also do it with like synonym colon something I always need to know what a synonym of words is So yes, Pinterest has a head of inclusive product now whose name is Annie Tarr and she said that as a visual discovery platform, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to do a better job of increasing representation in the products that we build and that's why we built Hair Pattern Search using computer vision technology to help us identify hair patterns within images. Fucking cool. So cool. Also, it's great. It's so great to see Pinterest coming into the 21st century. I actually had a call with someone who works as like a sales rep for Pinterest during the week and they were telling me and I didn't know this about the fact that there's a new feature on their app now I just sound like a salesperson for Pinterest where you can take a photo of a product or I don't know what else you would do take a photo of anything a dress or something and upload it to Pinterest like you would like a reverse Google image search and it will show you similar things Mm. love it love it and there's also reverse Google image searching (laughs) there's also uh, Pinterest shopping you can now buy products directly within pinterest so if you have like a shopify website you can upload your catalog to pinterest and then people can buy your products direct from pinterest amazing oh my god i can see that you've made a note in beauty news that beauty advent calendars are back how i'm how is this happening (laughs) can you actually fucking believe it now is the time to put your name on advent calendar wait lists i'm actually dying this makes me so stressed but also so excited well, that's the thing can this year fuck off <laughs> seriously so the first like big one that's coming out that will be available in australia is the lush advent calendar which mm-hmm. sells out every single year it's a biggie it's a goodie and the only other one that i've seen that i would like to potentially personally get my hands on is the l advent calendar i didn't even know that they did one mm, neither it's 150 pounds for over 650 pounds worth of product. Of course, it's always like UK brands that do them, I swear. Yeah, they're um, definitely bigger and better and more range in the UK, that's for sure. That's a freaking good saving. Yeah, so it's got a, a Foria Luna Play 2 and a full-size Dr. Barbara Sturm anti-aging drops and yeah. then like other products from Cult Beauty, including Bobby Brown, Fenty Beauty, Sicily. It's got a really good lineup in there. Aurelia, probiotic skincare. 
Laura Mercier, Huda Beauty. Love it. Want it. Want to get my hands on it. And do you have anything else to say about that? No. Sick. Still in shock. (laughs) I know, but I am excited because last year I missed out on, what was it, the Liberty one? Yeah, you either wanted Liberty or Cult Beauty. I can't remember. It might have been Cult Beauty. I tried to get my hands on it and I couldn't. I missed out. So I'm going to put my name on the waiting list this year as soon as it's available. And the final piece of beauty news, which isn't really beauty news, but I thought that you'd want to talk about it, is the fact that Anna, the Anna edit's going on maternity leave. She's done with her vlogs. I oh know. I'm getting pretty dry on content. However, not beauty news, but we lose one YouTuber. We lose the Anna edit to maternity leave. Probably only like four months I think that she's going to take. I think I can live that long, although that's a really long time at the same time. Mm. Four months. How long's that? Will I be married in four months? That's how I judge all things now. August, September, October. No, you won't be married in four months. <laughs> but I'm supposed to be married in five weeks. <laughs> anyway, we lose one fallen soldier, but we gain Julia Busitil Nishimura. Oh, on, my goodness. On YouTube. Julia Ostro. Yeah, at Julia Ostro on Instagram. Was she always at – was her – no, why is she Julia Ostro? Because she's got two books that are called Ostro. But what does Ostro mean? I don't know. It's a bit confusing because I think that that's her name every time. Yeah, I know. And then you're like, oh, no, we've said her name actually plenty of times. Yes. Yeah, so she is uh, launching a, a, a cooking channel, um, which makes me so freaking happy. Of course it does. Oh, so sorry for loving life. <laughs> no, no, carry on. Sue me for living a little in dark times. Can't wait. Okay, moving on from beauty news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. What kind of sorcery is this? We have a beauty breakdown to talk through, and it is your breast reduction. Well, it's breast reductions. It is breast reductions full stop. And the reason we're talking about this is because what people were surprised that you'd had one. I mentioned it to a friend the other day who listens to the pod and knows me, but didn't know me at the time that I had reduction. And she was like, what? Mm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, some people won't know. And I just thought it's something to talk about. Let's do it. So we asked some questions or you asked people to ask us questions on the Instagrams. Yep. I'm going to cover all of those. Some of the questions were like, I just need to know everything. We shall cover it. We shall cover it all. Where do we start? I guess we start with when I had my boobs done. So I had my breast reduction and breast lift 
it's a two for one deal basically if you get a reduction you get a lift which is a great thing you I feel can, like that's a necessary two for one yeah but you can get a lift without a reduction if you so require yes so in september 2016 and i'll go into it a little bit later but i had a revision surgery in march 2017 so did the- you Yes. Oh, I remember. Yes, yes. So I was about a 6DD, 6E. And I know that, like, listing the, like, band size isn't always relevant Mm. or helpful, but it does give you an indication of the fact that I am a scrawny person in my upper body. Literally a string bean. I'm really scrawny. I've got a very narrow frame. Although I reckon it's slightly grown a little bit as I've gotten older, but like up until like 25, like so narrow. And I had these big gigantic boobs. Now, I was never the type of person that anyone would look at me and be like, she's got big boobs. One, I never got them out. Two, they didn't fill up my frame by any means. They were long and tubular and very saggy. And I know when I, like, describe them as that, it sounds like I'm, like, trying to, like, make them sound funny. But, like, they were a tubular shape. They were – they didn't have any roundness. They didn't have any fullness at the top. They literally, from the point on my chest that they came out, they went down sort of like a like a water balloon. Like they were like a balloon. sock with an orange in it. Yeah. But almost not even with an orange in it. Just just, just the sock with the, <laughs> the heel part. Anyway. A sock with a date in it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just a sock with a nipple. Yeah. So they were very sort of empty and I never liked them. I remember being like 12, probably younger, and my birthday wish on my candles was I don't want to get boobs. Oh, stop. Wait, so had you started to get boobs at a no, young age? No, so I didn't get boobs. I didn't get boobs super early. I was sort of on track, right, with everyone else, sort of like in like a Bonds long crop top in year six and then like, like an A or a B in year seven or whatever, but mine kept growing sort of every year once other people stopped so mine yep. was growing up until about like I year 10 I would say when I hit like you know double d status and they didn't ever fluctuate like if I lost weight they did not fluctuate if I if I had my period they never got bigger or smaller or whatever they were just always the same mm. and I hated them I really hated them my older sister is my middle sister is 10 years older than me and she had a reduction and obviously I had been aware that like big boobs were cumbersome because she was much older than me. And so I knew I didn't want that. And I knew that mum had big boobs. And I knew that my older sister, she hasn't got big boobs, but we all had boobs. And I just really didn't want them. Anyway, I kind of always hated them, never showed them off. And then I really did start to hate them. I think just before I got them done, I started to notice that the actual skin quality on them wasn't great. I remember looking down one day like, you know that terrible sight when you're, like, naked and you're, like, sort of bending over and your boobs are, like, hanging off your body? Yes, never forget. Yeah. And I sort of had this, like, I guess it's, like, stretch marks, but it wasn't really stretch marks. It was, like, just the rippling of, like, mm. bad elasticity. And I remember just being, like, oh! And I think that was the time where I was, like, I kind of always knew that I wanted a reduction, but I was, like, yeah. I don't want them to continue being heavy and saggy and then have the reduction but have really bad skin quality because yeah. I was, like, starting to see all of these little sort of like I guess that's your fear as well like if you chop them off that you're gonna have the same like you're gonna have no fullness and it's still gonna be like just smaller but like still the same like look I guess that's the thing so on some frames even though you might want like a lift or a reduction or something sometimes you actually need like an implant to like get you the shape 
right. that you need. And I really didn't want that. And I think I probably would have quite seriously discussed uh, the procedure if I needed implants only because it's like then something you kind of have to have done every like 15 20 years and like just a bit more of a consideration for me yeah um but the whole thing didn't seem super scary to me my sister had had it done so it was sort of demystified to me and I was like I'm I'm here for it so I went to the GP I remember being really stressed to go to the GP I remember like having like a tight throat and being sweaty and being like oh I'm just here because I I want a breast reduction I really hate them and it was just like very overwhelming and then I found that going to the breast surgeon was not that stressful it was no sorry for the change in sound I moved my microphone and now everything is fixed apparently so I'm so sorry uh I totally agree about going to the GP because especially if they've been a family GP for your whole entire life and then Mm -hmm. you feel like you're exposing your innermost secrets to them like I'll never forget when I had a mini mental breakdown this time last year roughly and I had to go to the GP to get a mental health certificate to be like I need to take time off work and I like literally I felt fine going in and as soon as I sat in the room I like broke down in tears and I was like I just need a doctor's certificate because I've taken a few days off work and she was like are you sure you're okay to go back to work I was like I'm actually completely fine just talking to you about it makes me sad okay yeah GPs are the worst they're not though but they just they do they make you anxious for no reason yeah okay so you went and spoke to a specialist and your specialist said to you that you don't need implants yeah, so um, people also asked, how do you pick your doctor? Um, I would say word of mouth recommendations, etc. My GP recommended my this surgeon and this surgeon had actually done, I think, surgery on both my mum and my dad. Oh. Sorry to um, job you in, mum. Mum had her, uh, like, I can't remember what it's called, but when you get old and you lose vision in the peripheral corners of your eye, like the eyelid surgery, and I had also had a melanoma removed, and my dad had also had a melanoma removed by You know what's surgery. great? Having a plastic surgeon that you have a referral to in the fam. Oh, yeah. What a good connection. Anyway, dad went and got a mole cut out, and I was like, oh, tell him my boobs are doing well. <laughs> That's good. So I went and I had a consult with him and he was just, he made me feel really comfortable and I like booked in pretty much then and there. So consult done. Um, I'm sure people are going to ask about price. I found my quote, but I also asked Abby who has semi recently had a surgery as well because I'd forgotten about some things and I also just wanted to know, obviously I only had one consult, so I don't know the pricing difference. And it was five years ago. I'm sure that my surgeon will have gone up like 20%, I'm sure, because like, I don't know, things just go up every year. Yeah. So, surgical fee, $8,149.30. Assistant fee, $200. His assistant was fabulous. She should have got more. Um, <laughs> anesthetic fee, $900. I'm sorry. Oh, anesthetic. I thought you said anesthetic fee. And I was like, I'm sorry. I want, Wouldn't you want all of them to be aesthetic? <laughs> um, and then hospital fee just is marked as excess slash copay, which I believe cool. was pretty much all covered by um, private, private health. health insurance in my case because at that stage I was under 25, so I was still on my parents' ripper health insurance, which was another reason why I chose to do it at the time that I did as well. Mm. Um, so that total is $9,249.30. Less the hospital so it was just the surgeon's fee That's and the, yeah. the hospital fee, but I I didn't pay a hospital fee. And then yeah. I did also get so Medibank Private covered my hospital cover. And then I did get 
I think it was about $800-ish covered from Medicare. Someone asked, how do, you, how do I get it claimed for on back Medicare? Problems. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I think you can probably claim back problems, but if you've got saggy boobs, that is a condition on the Medicare form. So that's referred to as ptosis. And the it says ptosis, at least two-thirds of the breast tissue, including the nipple, lies inferior to the inframammary fold. Now, from oh. memory, I remember it being like... So the fold is in like literally like your curve yeah. from your chest where your boobs, like where your bra line would be, your mm-hmm. underwire. Is that it? I think so. And I remember um, my surgeon saying that basically all of your boobs should finish like before the fold in your elbow, like on your body proportions. Oh, my God. Did yours not? I don't think they did. I that don't know. really puts into perspective how saggy they must have been if they didn't. I think. I they think. went to your elbow. I don't know. Something like that. Or there was wow. some sort of measurement. Anyway, spoiler alert. Everyone's I... sitting in their cars holding their elbows to their sides right now being like, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Mine were clinically saggy. So yeah. there's nothing better than hearing that, though. When you Yeah, when cons- you want it. <laughs> And when you have always thought, like, these aren't normal, like, I know I'm not just being petty. I know people tell me they're not so bad. But someone telling you, like, hell yeah, they qualify for a Medicare rebate. You're like, fuck yes. Also, how many people who said they're not that bad saw you naked? Yeah, that's what happened there. So I've covered costs. People are asking about that. Next up, I'm keen to know about, did you consider going into it, like, what the level of scarring would be? Like, was that a concern ever for you? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I think it's something to consider, but I have two main points on that. One, if you're concerned about scarring, you're not concerned enough about your boobs mm. in terms of like, do you, do you need it? I hated my boobs so much that I didn't care if truly if they looked really bad because I really only cared about being able to wear the clothes that I wanted to. Yeah. Also, I didn't really mention that other than visually hating my boobs, I would also have to wear a burly sports bra and then one or two like crop top sports bras over the top to exercise. I also had never gone braless as in I'd let a package go to the post office before I opened the door to the postman without a bra on. And obviously that impacted every formal dress, everything that I ever wore ever. So going wedding dress shopping after having a breast reduction was the best because I can tell you that people that bustier girls, it's just something that you consider, which is fine. Like, you consider your body shape when making decisions, but like it was just something that didn't really make sense for my body. I'm like a thin girl and I always had to have like big thick straps on things to make sure that my boobs could be held up. And I just hated. So yeah, I also got eczema under my boobs from like sweating and then like the folding and like the So if you get repeated eczema or rashes or infections and stuff on your boobs, that's also like a Medicare claim. So good win to- tick. <laughs> um, so yeah, in terms of scarring, one, I knew the scarring was not that bad because my sister had had the surgery and I had seen it and they looked fine. Two, I, yeah, I truly didn't care because I hated my boobs so much that like small lifted boobs with scars to me was way better than abnormal, normal looking boobs. Yeah. Let's talk about your scar results like at the end, I think. Yeah. And I'll talk about the types of scarring briefly as well. Oh yeah. So I got a vertical or a lollipop scar, which goes around the nipple and then straight down, literally like you would think of a lollipop. That's generally only used for 
a smaller reduction. So like I mentioned, I was like a, a double D E, but I was a six double E. So they were like, they weren't wide. You know, someone could be a 14 double D and their boobs were probably twice the size of, of my boobs. Yeah. So I went down, I'm like a C, maybe even like a, a big B. I kind of don't really wear like bras anymore so I don't know and the other scar option is an anchor so that's where they go around the nipple down and then in that fold that's I would think slightly maybe a bit more ouchy or like cumbersome for recovery because you've got that fold that sort of moves a bit more and it's a bit like wetter and damper in there I didn't have that so I can't really speak also that scar is really easily hidden so it's not really one to be concerned about because obviously it's in your fold anyway the main scar that you see is the one that goes from your nipple down and that's generally quite a neat tidy scar and then my nipples just kind of look almost scarily circular because they've just got the scarring around the edge I was gonna ask about that because I'm sure people will be interested and tell me if this is too much information to disclose, but I don't think you really care. Did your the size of your nipples dramatically change after the surgery? So did you have quite like did you have large nipples before and now they're smaller because they were able to tighten them up? Is that even a possible thing that they can do? Or yeah, absolutely. So what they do is they cut around the nipple, and then what they do is they like keep the nip- nipple like attached because the nipple is blood. Can- yeah, they have to keep the blood supply to it. And then they take out any, like, excess tissue or skin or fat. Um, something to be noted as well, I had had a couple of mammograms because I had really sore boobs just randomly and, like, chronically sore boobs. And when I got the mammograms, they were like, you have a really dense breast tissue. So I had these big, heavy boobs that had, like, hardly any fat in them and heaps of breast tissue. So I had heaps of breast tissue removed. I didn't have that much fat, which is also why my boobs never fluctuated with weight because they weren't fat boobs they were just tissuey boobs and so I lost about I think they took about a kilo of boob out of me yeah almost about 900 grams I think so they take all of that out and then they use like cookie cutters and they cut your nipples smaller so that they're in proportion to the rest of your gingerbread shape please (laughs) (laughs) because I reckon honestly my my nipples before would have like almost filled my whole boob now if that makes sense oh wow okay they stretch out and they were big um, so yeah, my nipples are probably like half the size that they were. And I did used to, there's nothing wrong with big nipples, by the way, if you've got big boobs, it makes sense. And it looks yes. fucked up when you have tiny little nipples and giant boobs, but mine were just like, they were really big, but my boobs were long, not round. So it was like not a pretty situation. So I did, I was so psyched for the nipple reduction. That was like my favorite part. And the lift, when it was finished, I was like, no, 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 you've done something wrong. Cause it was like, they were like at my collarbone and oh, they, do, really? they do drop. But I had also just not been used to boobs being where they should be. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that would have been terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about then? How did you feel like afterwards? Like what was your, when you woke up and you, cause you don't get to see them straight away. That's always the scariest part. People who get nose jobs, people who get boob jobs and you come out of surgery and you wake up and you're all wrapped up tight. And I would just be like, the anticipation is actually killing me. Please show me what you've done and how they're going to look. Well, I was actually scared to look because I knew that when you first look, they're like full zombie boobs. They're really scary. So I did, they they um, check your dressing. I stayed overnight and I don't know how or why some people do day surgery. Some stay overnight. I stayed overnight and they check your boob, your nipples like every hour. And so wow. I could see, I could see that, you know, vaguely what was going on, but I had dressings over them. And then I think like two days later, they took some of the dressing off and I could see more. And I was a bit scared to look down because they're all 
they're like black and scabby and your nipple just looks like it could just drop off because it's just like sewn on with a couple of stitches. It's very scary. In terms of pain, I remember feeling like a lot of pressure. Like it felt like someone was sitting on my chest and like almost sort of like I had like limited capacity to breathe in and out. But I did the whole thing on Panadol. Oh, wow. I didn't need anything stronger. I didn't want anything stronger. The worst part for me was the constipation. I didn't shit for like 16 days after surgery or something and I had to go and get new. Yeah, I had to go and get Pico prep and um like when you're like kind of all stitched up and then like actually your water fall out of your bum. It's just it was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot to be going through. And also sleeping. So I'm a tummy sleeper. Oh, that would be the worst. And you sort of have to sleep like half propped upright and if not like straight on your back. And so I just had quite a lot of interrupted sleep because obviously I couldn't sleep how I wanted. So the worst part that I can remember is just like just really wanting to like lie down and not being able to. But my Mm. pain was totally manageable. I have a decent pain threshold, but I hear from most people that like it's not the worst. Also, a lot of people or some people may get lipo. As part of it, they often, like, do that underboob section near the armpit. That can give you a lot of bruising and is quite um, painful to get that. Someone asked, do you ever feel judged for um, getting a breast reduction or do you ever regret it? Mm. What did you say to that? I Googled it and anecdotally as well. It's, like, one of the top most, like, highly rated successful surgeries in that people are pleased was like between 90 and 98% glad they got it done right. So no, I don't. I think in some circumstances, potentially, if you got a breast reduction, perhaps if you were at a lower weight point in your life and then you gained weight and and it didn't maybe go to your boobs or something like that, it might make you feel a bit weird and disproportionate. But for me, it was like once I got it, everyone was like, whoa, wait, you had boobs? Like, it, it, for me, it just made total sense for my build. And no, I haven't regretted it. The only thing I'd regret is maybe not getting it, like, a few years earlier. Like, honestly, if I could have got it at, like, 20, that would have been great. Mm. But, you know, I had to mature and all that stuff. So and definitely ever, never regret. Has it, Have you ever felt judged? Has anyone ever said to you, like, oh, why would you have done that? I mean, you're the type of person that, like, even if someone did give you judgment, you would just be like, who the fuck are you get fucked? Yeah. But, like, have you ever felt anyone question your decision? I don't think it's a surgery that people judge you for at all. I think it's funny because even though I've had breast surgery, not that I judge anyone for getting implants, but obviously because I kind of like small boobs, I've paid to have mine smaller. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like, do you really need implants for whatever? And then I go to myself, think about your boob qualms and then like take away that judgment. So, but with breast reduction, I don't think there's even that like innate sense of judgment. Most of the time it's people like, yeah, they're a burden and it's, and people understand that it can be like covered by Medicare and that like it's kind of like it's a health surgery and it, and that's fine. So yeah. How would you say that the scarring is now? I don't think we've covered that yet. If anyone is genuinely considering the surgery and they would like to hear about the scarring, I will literally DM you a picture of my tits. The scarring, if you were standing two metres away from me, you wouldn't know. No, I've seen it closer than two metres. I would say yeah. I've seen it 60 centimetres and you have to pretty much pointed out to be like it's here and I was like uh yeah great there's like literally no texture quality difference I would Mm. say at all in the skin between where your scar is and where like your normal breast skin boob Mm -hmm. skin is it's the thinnest scar ever like it's so minute yeah 
And I mentioned I had a revision. So because I got that lollipop scar, I think he said on one side it was going to be harder to lift and move. He said he still wanted to do that scar for me and not do an anchor because he was like, I could do an anchor under one boob. I might need to. But what we ended up doing is it's sort of, I had like a dint in my boob, like a buckle because the skin had been, been pulled a little too taut. So he just went in and cut out that buckle. And I had that under like twilight and it took like 15 minutes and I didn't have the whole shitting problem after, which was great. Oh, that's great. good. Love that yeah. for you. Even after the revision on that, like you just can't tell, you can't tell anything. They're, they're so good. Don't be stressed about that at all. If you've got a bit more melanin in your skin, if you're prone to keloid, obviously take that into consideration. But there are silicon strips you can do there are lasers you can use there are creams you can do also it's really important afterwards that you massage and from what what i've heard basically it doesn't matter what you massage with it just matters that you massage yep and what would you say that your recovery time was like how long do you think that it was from surgery to surgery to like being able to wear a normal bra and then to like feeling like your normal self again do you remember so i felt like my normal self like a week, a week and a half after. Well, it's very quick. Um, I'm pretty sure I went back to work after like seven or ten days. I'm pretty sure I didn't take a full two weeks off. They say to go back to work after two weeks, but obviously no like manual lifting. And then you can go back to exercise like four to six weeks and you have to wear a compression bra that whole time too, about four to six weeks as well. And I, I was working retail at the time, so I was just standing. And so that was so fine for me. I had no issue. Mm-hmm. I think you can't drive for like a week just because it does like your arms just being at any angle other than low hurts. But after a week I could drive. It was a pretty non-eventful surgery. I think my dad had to help me get dressed for like two days and Brendan washed my hair and that was about it. My mum was away for the surgery. She always feels guilty. She always goes away when I need things done. But yeah, it was like it was such a non-event. It was really fine. Honestly, the worst thing was sleep and the the, poop, the cramps, like the constipation pain. Yeah. And uh, someone else asked, in fact, your sister asked, did you ever consider whether it would affect breastfeeding? And like, has that was that a consideration? Because I actually don't know about that. And is that something that your surgeon spoke to you about before you went in yeah so if you're in childbearing years or whatever they'll definitely flag that for you as a risk I've made a list of cons the pros are pretty much everything also I asked Abby like what are your major takeaways from your surgery and she said confidence wearing tight clothes less back pain especially for running only having to wear one sports bra basically (laughs) it's literally just like the logistics of life it's it's the things that you might think about so the pros genuinely life enhancing like yep. quality of life improving cons financial it's expensive you're going to be looking at i imagine between 10 and 15k time off to be honest you might not need that much time off but it's a consideration i had to work mine around uni placement because i had to like move patients a little bit and stuff so that was mm. kind of annoying uh, potential infections blah blah blah. all surgery has risk etc ability to breastfeed so there's about a 50 percent chance that you can breastfeed after you have breast reduction surgery really so it's not great but also Ability to breastfeed is not 100% to start with. So you've got to keep that in mind. I am very pro breastfeeding. I absolutely think it's the best. But I have also had this weird thing where I think it's kind of fucked up. And so I was like, I know that I'll want to breastfeed. But if I can't, I'm not going to be devastated because the concept kind of freaks me out. It's a bit terrifying. I just, it's so weird. And I need to, get, like, I need to grow up as a human before I become a mum because if I'm still scared of breastfeeding, then, like, you know, I've got bigger fish to fry. Anyway, anecdotally, I found that it tends to, like, you, it's not like you can't breastfeed. It's like your nipples don't work. But it's like there's, you know, a whole pathway in, like, neurons and ducts and stuff that get 
interrupted. And the good thing is neurons, they regrow and they can like refire and whatnot. And so you might start and have issues, but it gets better as you go. I found people tend to say it was the supply that was the issue. So a lot of people can breastfeed, but they might need to mix feed. So it's not like you're going to miss out on the experience entirely in pretty much all of the cases. So that's good to know. Also, there are so many amazing devices these days for like pumping and Mm -hmm. things like that, that if you can't like directly breastfeed, I'm sure there might be ways as well that you can like express your own milk if, you know, you have issues with supply or whatever. Yeah, that's a risk. Um, Not something I really considered because kids are way off for me. And for me, they said you can wait till after you have kids. And I'm like, after you have kids, everything's gone south. You know, I'm not going to care. I really wanted when in my 20s to be able to wear, you know, a tank top without a bra or a wedding dress that didn't have a, a back or whatever. And so that was my priority. But obviously, People will have different ones. Interestingly, Um, I've always thought that I will have a breast reduction after I have kids because I've got double D's, D's, and I have always been like, I have large boobs and they're probably proportionate to my frame, but I would much rather them be smaller because of the logistics of life, like you've said. And I know for me, I'm like, they're they're not annoying enough. That I'll do it before I have kids, but I'll probably seriously consider it after I have kids. Like when, like not straight away after kids, but like down the line, you know. I think you're also probably like doing a formulation in your head of like, you know, they bug me now, but they're fine. But when they sag ten percent more and they, you know, have gone gigantic and my nipples have gone huge and then small again, I probably then won't like them enough. Hundred percent. And everyone says that like kids literally suck the life out of your boobs. So like. <laughs> Whatever I don't like now, I'm going to hate more after I have kids, I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Sensation. You can lose, like, the ability to, like, get an erect nipple and, like, feeling. It can be, like, tingly or impaired or numb. Um, Sometimes that comes back. Sometimes it doesn't. I know that one of my nipples felt, like, weird and sort of, like, almost, like, pins and needly and a bit numb at the same time for a while. But now I think that they they feel fine. Scarring. But I put that as, like, not really. It's really not that much of a con. Nipple death. It can happen. It's scary, but it's like, doesn't really happen. And that's about all of the cons. Wow. That's a very thorough run through. There's a very thorough breakdown. Sorry if you have no interest in it, but. Nah, I think everyone's interested in it. I would say the large majority of people who listen to this podcast have breasts. And I don't know that everyone's considered it in their life. I'm sure plenty of people want to enhancement that's it anyway i think it's interesting regardless we're very pro if you don't like something fix it so but also love yourself but also love yourself enough to fix something if you hate it yes absolutely okay great on that note we are going to power through the rest of this podcast what is your beauty fave this week dang these products are so good what's the deal my beauty fave this week is a bit of a rogue one it's the slip skinny hair scrunchies Mm -hmm. slip being the you know silk brand i love these because i love a scrunchie but i don't have a heap of hair so sometimes a scrunchie feels too big and cumbersome and then i like a thin hair tie but i have very kinky hair Mm. very kinky hair so this is the perfect in between and it looks cute and it's not like hideous on your wrist like a giant scrunchie yeah i do like that about it it's just the best. Full disclosure, we got sent a package from A Beauty and this was in one of them because they're an Australian beauty brand. Um, but I love it. I think I'm going to buy the pack. And I've actually added these packs to my cart so many times. But the pink colour is always sold out everywhere. Is it? Well, I guess it's kind of their signature colour, I feel, for slip. Yeah. Anyway, I love it. It's secure enough that I can like run in it, but 
but not secure enough that I can like happily sleep in a tight bun and it doesn't like pull out my hair. I also saw Hannah E talking about them today because she uses them to protect her, like when she ties her hair up at night after curling it, because she said it stops it from getting as like ridiculously kinky. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. What's yours? Uh, My favorite this week is peel pads. Mm. I have had to peel pad like almost every day this week because I've had the worst breakout from getting my period early I don't know I think my body's been a bit inflamed and like my skin's reacting to it I've got like weird pimples on my boobs and like I've got one on like next to my belly button things are bizarre I know places where you wouldn't expect to get pimples I have them so peel pads left right and center this week and that's all I have to say about that extra strength Dr. Dennis Gross actually it's not a helmet it's a hair mat it has extra room so you don't mess up your hairdo what's your non-booty fave this week I have two, but one of them is The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. I'm now halfway through or three quarters of the way through season two. I thought at the beginning of season two that I was going to have to stop and never watch it again because it's so traumatic and I was going through like lockdown depression coupled with everything that's going on in the Middle East depression, Mm. coupled with climate change depression, coupled with The Handmaid's Tale. And it was honestly a lot for my senses. Uh, but now I'm like coming out the other side of season two and things are starting to look up, but then I've told that it's going to get bad again, but like not quite as bad as the start of season two. And I think I can handle it from now on. Mm-hmm. My other beauty fave this or non-beauty fave this week rather is Minimum Wines. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they do uh, organic wines. It's very Brenton's, up wow. Brenton's alley. And they have done a wine collaboration this week with one of my favorite Melbourne artists, Minna Lunig. Mm-hmm. And so she's done the cover, oh, it's not cover art, what is it? The label art yeah. for the wine. And I think it's absolutely lovely. And I've been trying to get my hands on that one, but I'm also loving another one that they have that's like a chilled red. Anyway, that's my non-beauty fave this week. Nice. What's yours? So I finished White Lotus and it's so good. Definitely yep. get on it. Very good. Next, next after Handmaids. Yeah. Oh, you got so long to watch that though. <laughs> and then my other is I haven't actually listened to Emma Chamberlain's podcast despite talking about how I was obsessed with her for ages. Yeah. And then Bianca Hill posted an episode being like, here we go. Anyway, it's an episode called Rock Bottom. And basically she was talking about how she – took a break from YouTube and how she was feeling very anxious and depressed and whatnot. Hmm. But in the episode, she was talking about that she was really starting to hate herself and that she had to give herself like a week where she did nothing and she lay in bed and she didn't feel guilty about it. And she was just Hmm. talking about like resting. And I really enjoyed listening to it. One, because I just adore her. And two, because I can't remember the last time I rested. And mm. so me on my days off, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a supermarket shop and then I'm going to bake this and I'm going to do oh. that and then I'm going to volunteer with 85 dogs and then I'm going to do this, this, this. And then I, like, give myself 45 minutes of rest and then it doesn't feel very good. And I just made me feel like I needed to, like, take a step back and do things that I'm doing because I enjoy them. Like, am I, am I baking because I enjoy it or am I baking because it's a task that I've set myself to do? Yeah. Good. I always say to Brenton, because when he has days off, I'm always like, can you like walk the fucking dog or like do the fucking laundry? And they like, always want to chill out and do nothing. They always want to chill out. And I sort of resent him for it. And then I was like, well, I should do that. Like I would only, I keep saying, I'm genuinely excited about getting my second Pfizer. 
because I'm genuinely excited to get really sick the next day and not do anything because I will not feel bad if I'm sick. But if I can do other things, then I feel bad and I don't rest. And it was just, it was good discussing it. I sort of had like a bit of an aha moment. Have I rested since? No. No. Might try tomorrow. But yeah, very, very interesting. I feel exactly the same way. I, like, am a self-professed errand lover. I love running around to do things. Like, drive to 10 suburbs on a Saturday? Absolutely, I'm your girl. I'll do it for you even if you don't want to do it yourself. But I found since being a sick person and having a chronic illness that sometimes you just have to learn your limits. And I tell you what, I have been the grumpiest asshole from doing too many things in one day. And I think in the last 12 months, for the first time in my life, I can now do maybe like one or two things that are like energy exerting on a day and then tell myself to stop and be like, bruh, you're starting to get exhausted. So like, please stop now. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's silly, but I yeah, completely agree with what you're saying. And we all need to embrace rest. We do. Yeah. It's hard. It's such a stupid thing that some people can just rest and their issue is getting shit done. Literally, yes. And my issue is that I can't relax. I know. And mine's not even, at least you can like go for a 5K run when you're not feeling like relaxing. Whereas mine's just like stressing about everything that's going on in my life and like frantically doing small things that like are insignificant and then yelling at Adrian about not doing things as well. That's the thing. I do find it hard though because sometimes we're like, I don't want to go for a run. I just want to like chill out, chill out, chill out. And then I'll get to 7 p.m. And I'm pacing pacing around the house and I'm like, for fuck's sake, I forget that I'm a working dog and I need to exert my energy. So it's almost like I need to wake up, feel the energy, go for a run and then do nothing for the rest of the day because sometimes I regret not doing enough, but it's like, you can't, I can never get it right. I either do too much or too little. I know what you mean. Just took it to my veins! What's your snack? My snack is the Dairy Lee Burger Slices. Oh, not on their own oh yeah okay so me and alex discussed in i don't know a couple of eps ago that homemade mcmuffins are great particularly with the strata gluten-free english muffins because they very much emulate a normal english muffin but we said "Mm, always disappointing with the cheese you don't want tasty or cheddar you definitely don't want like a yalsberg it's just a whole nightmare so I bought Dairy Burger Slices thinking that looks strangely orange and a little bit plasticky. This can only be good. And it is the one. You need to make sure for a perfect gluten-free or regular at-home English muffin, you need to lightly toast the English muffin. You don't want it to get to that crispy state. It needs to be blonde. Then you need bacon. You need one and a half slices of cheese that is the right amount you need to put one on the hot bacon in the middle of the roll and then you put one on the egg the egg must be cooked hard one to avoid an egg ring oh yeah i don't have them i just try and crack it really slow in but i wish i did have an egg ring if you have an egg ring because it gives the height of the burger that you need Mm. yes that's very true um sometimes i get naturally very good puff on an egg and sometimes you don't but the egg must be cooked hard. It is the only time I want a hard egg. One, to avoid scalding hot yolk ruining your whole fresh hair and outfit. Two, it totally changes the taste. I don't like runny egg with cheese. Like it's it's not right. It needs to be hard. Mm-hmm. And then you have the gooey cheese on top and you do tomato sauce, put a lid on it, eat it. Fantastic. Delicious. Adrian and I have eaten approximately 
10 of them between us in the last week since discovering the Dairy Lee Burger Slices. They are delicious. Please do not resist the temptation to eat the cheese slice on its own. It tastes like absolute ass. It's not good. And Adrian disputes your claim that you need one and a half slices of cheese. He says one is the absolute perfect amount. Also, you need to add tomato sauce. Also, omit salt and pepper. It's not a place for salt and pepper. Too fancy for this delight. No, don't don't season the egg. It's a significantly strong recommendation within my week as well. Thank you. What is your snack? My snack this week is the Cremorne Street Baker's Gluten-Free Brownies. I would like to been let to Jeffrey's Provadore. Oh, I go every day. I would like to let everyone know that you need to read the packaging carefully of the Cremorne Street Bakers brownies because they used to say gluten-free brownies, but I think they were too polarizing for the general population, so they've removed the gluten-free claim. But if you turn it over and you look at the back and you look at the ingredients, it says made from gluten-free tapioca flour, and that's how you know that they are safe for you, my celiac friend. Well, here's the thing. Either they're not claiming gluten-free because they're made in a bakery. Potentially. So it could potentially be contaminated but is fine for people like you or me that avoid gluten that are not celiac. Mm. Or B, they're the only brownies that they do and people are assuming they're shit so they've just labelled them gluten-free. Tricky to know. I think it's the latter because they used to be called gluten-free. So either they got called out for saying that they were gluten-free but they were in a bakery. I don't know. You're right. It could be either. But they are gluten-free and they're fine. Anyway, they're delicious so get around them. Great. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, and don't forget to start training for your running journey. Oh, and if you're listening to this podcast right now, lengthen the stride. Push, push, push. You're doing so great. You have not much further to go. Control your breathing. Bye. (laughs) Have a great week, everyone. We'll speak to you on Wednesday. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.